１億数千万年前の恐竜時代から今よみがえった５人の戦士たち恐竜戦隊ジュエンジャー伝説の戦士たちよジュエンジャージュエンジャー時をかける希望を恐竜戦隊ジュエンジャー足音が聞こえないかはるかな大地を踏みしめて Pop culture addicts Welcome back to the new TNN for the latest edition of Junkman, the show where we talk about bad movies and figure out, you know, is it truly junk or is it just an okay way to spend a couple hours? My name is Johnny C, and thanks so much for joining us this go around. So, this episode has been sort of gestating in the last couple of days, maybe week, I'd say. And I wish it was coming to you under better, better circumstances. Because the reason that it's been gestating inside of me and sort of on my mind is because recently we lost uh, the star of this film. And that's a sad thing. I, I'm so, And I'm not trying to do this to like fucking war profiteer on that shit. That's not at all. It's just that because uh, we lost the actor, you know, I sort of fell into a hole of digging into their life's work. And I respect their life's work. And because of that, today, I want to maybe try to rescue one of their films. And so today, we're going to be talking about a movie that if you haven't seen, you're probably tangentially familiar with. It is called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Not the motion picture, mind you, just the movie. Because, you know, there's a little bit of prestige that comes with the motion picture as opposed to the movie. You know, Richard Donner's 78 Superman is a motion picture. Eh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is uh, more of a movie. But it's from June of 1995. So I would have been like 12 years old at the time uh, on a vacation for professional wrestling because Big Daddy Cool D-Cell would be the World Wrestling Federation champion. And, you know... I'm not going to sit here and say that I was a Power Rangers fan because, like I said, I was 12, and hey, the world is your oyster. If you like something, it doesn't matter what age you are. As Well, actually, that rewind that, and, and I'm talking about like fucking TV shows and stuff and movies, all right? There are uh, some things you should wait until you're a little bit older to uh, like. Uh, namely, like things that are illegal in your area, which I'm not responsible for, okay? But I will say this. I did watch a decent amount of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers growing up. And after this movie came out, um, this was pretty much... Once they changed from Mighty Morphin to Zeo, I want to say it was, I, I was out of there, okay? But I can still recall... I have a lot of fond memories of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, though. You know, I remember getting the TV guide... Uh, one summer day and reading about the new fall preview about how the Power Rangers new season was was going to start right around the time school started. And there was going to be a new villain named Lord Zed. And I felt like I had all this insider information, you know, because there's no internet to go to to find out all this shit. So there are fond memories. I had a badass tape 
I had a Saturday morning cartoon tape. I remember I had a, my soccer team got really far into the tournament. And uh, a very special episode, uh, the Green Green with the Evil Part 6 or Part 5, with the, fu- the finale, was airing on a Saturday during the soccer game. So I programmed the VCR, praying to the VCR gods that it would work, and it did. And this tape had the... Uh, the two final episodes of the X-Men cartoon season one, and it had the green with evil part, the last two parts where he gets the dragon sword. And then when he turns good, we're going to talk about that more in a little bit. So yeah, so I I was definitely a fan. Now it's interesting because I'm sort of a fan of half of it. And what I mean by that is if you're familiar with the power Rangers, you're probably well aware that the mighty Morphin power Rangers is basically a hodgepodge of different things of uh, different entertainment scopes, okay? So, anytime the Power Rangers are wearing their suits, in their zords, fighting monsters, you're actually watching footage from a Japanese television program, which I'm sure you're not surprised. Part of their ultra-popular, like, Super Sentai series, I believe is, you know, sort of the uh, terminology that they use to describe things like that. Now, I will say... Uh, well, it, it was based on a show called Kyusente Zuranger, okay? Um, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. So, the Power Rangers, whenever they were in their costumes and flipping around and beating the shit out of monsters, I was all go for it. But I think I was a little too old for the teenagers at the juice bar, kid power, don't smoke, don't let people make fun of you sort of shit, okay? Now, those are good life lessons, but, you know... I. 12 years old, I'm already probably jerking off. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to be told what to do by the Power Rangers, all right? I will say, during the pandemic, and, and, and I was, a, you know, the where it sort of comes from for me anyway, is that the, you know, the, the, the Megazord, the robots forming together, the, the colorful combatants, I, was a, I grew up a huge fan of Voltron which came out in 84, and I was born in 83, so uh, not probably no surprise there. But watching the fight scenes in Power Rangers was essentially live-action Voltron for me, so it really hit hard. And the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1 was going okay in my head. And then, of course, we met the sixth Power Ranger, the Green Ranger. Got to be everybody's favorite ranger, right? I mean, he had the dragon shield armor. He looked like a badass. He played the dragon flute through his helmet, even though there was no way for his mouth to connect with the flute. And I will hear none of it. It was bad ass. Now, where I was going to go with this was that during the pandemic, and this is not a commercial, I'm just sharing with you, if you, you know, for if there's any corner of you that was like, oh yeah, the Power Rangers, I remember that show, and it interests you, uh, during the pandemic, I subscribe to, uh, I'm an Amazon Prime video member, and I subscribe to this channel they have called Shout TV. Now, I subscribe to it for two reasons. One, it was like $2.99 a month, which is fucking nothing. I mean, I'm not going to scoff at $3, but I mean, come on, that's less than a tank of gas. And then the, the reason I got it primarily was to watch old episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm scrolling through all the shit they have. And I come across Kiru Sentai Zuranger. And I was like, oh my god, this is the fucking show that Power Rangers is used, that they used for Power Rangers. Like the original Mighty Morphin with Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth, Tiger, Tyrannosaurus, Dragon, you know, all that shit. And uh, I watched a couple episodes and something happened. I was like, 
I'm really enjoying this because, you know, Japanese programming usually respects their audience a little bit more. They don't dumb down the stuff that they make for younger people. Now, I'm not saying it's like Academy Award winning shit. It's still people kicking, you know, plastic monsters and shit. That doesn't mean it's lame. It's just, you know, that those are the tools you have available based on your budget. I'm not shaming it. And I'm not also trying to say it's like watching Pulp Fiction or some shit as compared to like the original Power Rangers American show. But a, a couple weeks later, I discovered that I'd watched all fucking 50 episodes. So I'm by no means an expert, but uh, I, I do sort of know a couple of things here and there. Um, and I, I, it's still there if you want to watch it. Like I highly recommend it. Um, you know, nerdy pe- you don't need an excuse to watch something, okay? Uh even just watching a few episodes and being like, wow, this is insane. It's so different. Like, the tone is so different. Um, you should give it a shot. But the Green Ranger is the best ranger in that fucking show, too. All right? And there's there's actually a plot. You know, the, you ever notice that fucking Tommy is never in the same place as the rest of the Power Rangers? Like, the Green Ranger's walking home from school like, oh, man, I'm so glad I had that solo workout planned. And he gets attacked. And then they're like... Tommy, the Power Rangers are already in danger. You should probably show up too. I mean, there's a reason. Because the Japanese footage, the Green Ranger can only show up at certain times, and, like, there's an actual reason why it happens. It's organic. Everything that feels... I think that's the reason I enjoyed it so much, is that it scratched that Voltron-style mecha itch, but at the same time, it didn't have to find convoluted reasons to match up with this original footage, like the Power Rangers show did. Um... So yeah, we're going to be talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie from 1995. That was a tangent. Directed by Brian Spicer, who's known for directing uh, McHale's Navy with Tom Arnold, for Richer or Poor with Tom, uh, who cares, I don't like him, and oh, and recently deceased Kirstie Alley. That's a bummer. Also, uh, director of an episode of Salute Your Shorts as well, that was apparently, according to Wikipedia, just preserved by the Paley Center for Media in New York City. Good for you, Mr. Spicer. Now, the movie itself uh, stars a a lot of people. Um, We'll just sort of briefly go through this. Paul Freeman as Ivan Ooze, Jason Narvi as Skull, and Paul Schreier as Bulk. Oh, we'll talk about them. Now, we also have Steve Cardonis as Rocky who, according to my research, went on to do nothing. Karen Ashley, who plays Aisha, who apparently went on to do some TV shows later, but nothing big. Johnny Young Bosch, playing Adam, who apparently went on to be a high-in-demand anime voiceover actor. So good for you, Johnny. Uh, He also appears as Kaneda in the English version of Akira that was released in 2001. Kaneda! Tetsuo! Hey, if you haven't seen Akira, you just saw it. David Yost as Billy. Billy Cranston. Named after Brian Cranston, of course. Now, David went on to be a producer, a segment producer for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So, David, you are the sworn enemy of all of us with good taste. But, no, nah, that's okay. You, you got to make your money. Now, are two big stars here. Amy Jo Johnson as Kimberly. You might remember her from such programs as Felicity. 
She was on Saved by the Bell, the new class, for like what episode? I think she was on an episode of ER. Uh, she's in a couple of movies. She's on some other TV show that I feel like was... Uh, I looked it up. Oh, Flashpoint. I was like, I don't know what that show is, but I remember the name because there's a comic book called Flashpoint. So there you go. Um, Maybe one of your first crushes? She was one of mine. I mean, she's no uh, Lori Griffin from Teen Wolf, but... Amy Jo Johnson, you are okay in my book. And I believe I had read, oh, God, she directed something recently. What did she direct? A team, oh, so, an episode of Superman and Lois, that CW show. So, I mean, that's awesome. Good for you, Amy. And, of course, our star, our hero, portraying Tommy Oliver, Mr. Jason David Frank. Now, one of the things that sort of made me want to do this was that I, I, you know, when when Mr. Frank passed, I, I sort of YouTube black hole of Power Rangers with Tommy. Tommy appeared a lot as they kept doing these shows and reboots. And I saw this awesome scene because, you know, he was different Rangers. Uh, he stayed even if the cast changed. Um, and, you know, he, he had this fight scene where he like turned from White Ranger to Green Ranger to Black Ranger to Red Ranger, like all the different. Co- and it was just kind of cool. And uh, it's nice to see that, much like other pieces of nerd fandom, Power Rangers is one of those series that goes back to its roots when it's necessary. It's like wrestling. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin main evented a fucking WrestleMania last year. I mean, that should explain to you why these things endure. Fandom lives on. And even though this isn't my main fandom, I respect it. I really, really do. So, and I, re- I saw this movie in theaters, and I just don't know if it's going to hold up for me, okay? Like, it might be too kitty. Okay, spoiler alert, it's a little too kitty, but we will get there. Now, I, I-, I keep saying we'll get there. I just want to also get in. This roster of Power Rangers is, of course, not the original. Uh, we've already gotten through uh, Jason, Zack, and Trini. Uh, Trini, of course, a pain, uh, uh, appearing in the Crow City of Angels, one of the worst movies ever. And I don't think the other two ever really did anything. We've also, at this point in time, run through all of our footage of Zoo Rangers, the show it's based on where they have the uh, pterodactyl, triceratops, saber-toothed tiger, dragon sword, okay? At this point in time, uh, Jason and all them have been replaced by Rocky, Adam, and Aisha, and we're in the era where they have to... Uh, God, what do they do? Uh, they're called Thunderzords. The Mastodon, Lion, Thunderzord power. Pterodactyl, Firebird, Thunderzord power. Triceratops, Unicorn, Thunderzord power. Sabertooth, Tiger, Griffin, Thunderzord power. She had to say that so fast. And then Tyrannosaurus, Red Dragon, Thunderzord power. Now, they had to do that because we are out of footage with the other Tyrannosaurus dinosaur robots, okay? And if, if you're finding this interesting at all, um, those robots come from a completely different ranger show where those rangers are never shown. With what exception? The White Ranger is from that show that never got adapted into, you know, our show. So a lot of these shows in America where they have those robots, a lot of the footage is shot in America, you know, some of the footage is the Japanese footage. Because um, I watched a few episodes of that show on Shout Factory as well, but I didn't like it as much. I didn't care as much. But the White Ranger's a little kid. That's fucking creepy. He likes to grab girls, too. I'm not cond- I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just telling you what this show's got going for it. All right? In terms of, like, how bonkers it is. So, here, when the movie starts, that's what we're dealing with in terms of the Power Rangers chronology. 
Ironically, this movie accomplishes the feat of getting the Rangers their new robots so the new season can start. But I think even in the show, there's a couple episodes to explain how they get them. So what? what's this movie really for? I'll tell you what it's for. It's an excuse to make $45 million because that's what it did. 20th Century Fox printing them some money. But as all good movies do, we start with a scroll of text and a narrator. Centuries ago, a legendary interdimensional being known as Zordon came to the city of Angel Grove to establish a command center for his never-ending struggle against evil. With the aid of his trusted assistant, Alpha 5, pfft, nerd, the noble master sought out six extraordinary teenagers and gave them the power to transform into a superhuman fighting force. In time of great need, the young heroes could use their powers to call upon colossal assault vehicles known as Zords. You know, I never caught that they called him Zords and he was Zordon until just this very second when I saw them both written down. Huh. The identity of the six remained a guarded secret. Today, that tradition continues. Now, we start with a much higher budget. So high, in fact, that our heroes are in a plane high above the city of Angel Grove. They're joined by their bullies slash buddies, Bulk and Skull. Skull, of course, dressing like a thug or a punk, because he's Skull. Bulk, fat. And it looks like our heroes, the Power Rangers, are going to be jumping out of this plane, because they all have parachutes, except for Bulk and Skull, who forgot theirs. And sure enough, they do, and we're introduced to them one at a time. First, Aisha, the Yellow Ranger. She jumps out of the plane and holds her nose, which is fucking lame. If you jump into a pool or water and hold your nose, I don't want to talk to you. Up next, the Red Ranger. No, who's next? Is it the Red Ranger? Where are my notes? No, up next, the Black Ranger, Adam. He just jumps out regular. Then the Blue Ranger, Billy. He's sort of the computer nerd. There's nothing really descriptive about Adam. I'm sorry, he's the Black Ranger. He doesn't really have like a personality trait that makes him stand out from the others. Unlike Zack, who was a dance fighter. Uh, Billy's a computer nerd. Red Ranger, Rocky. Uh, again, nothing descriptive about him. So sorry. At least Jason was the former leader. Up next, the White Ranger, Tommy. Yeah! Now, he's the cool one. How do we know this? Two things. Badass 90s ponytail. Two, he's jumping out with a fucking... Uh, uh, sky surfing board, alright? He's pulling a kick cloud kicker, and he is going to surf the clouds, and I'm here for it. Finally, Kimberly, who's a gymnast, and smoking hot, and she does a backflip out of the plane. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are we jumping out of this plane? Is it because we're kind of extreme athletes, and we want to get down, get funky? No. According to the signs here in the Angel Grove Park, Angel Grove is having a jump-a-thon to save the local observatory, okay? Now, they've planted, they've, they've like laid out this target in the Angel Grove Park, and if you land there, I guess you earn money for this observatory thanks to some folks making charitable donations. But I gotta wonder, what's the overhead on getting these kids up in the air, making sure that they have the proper legal training to jump out of a plane, not to mention... The color-coordinated uniforms that they wear as they jump out of the sky. And who's supplying Tommy's sky surfing board? Because it is all white. And he is the White Ranger. So, 
Unless they had one of these laying around. That's also something you got to pick up piecemeal. Couldn't all of that money just gone to the observatory and saved us the hassle? That's like, I hate, I don't understand these things. Like, oh, let's do this uh, fucking car wash for a charity. And it's like, no, people just donate to charity. But it's like, oh, I got to get something in return. What are, you, what, what are you getting out of this? You're getting to watch fucking uh, eight teenagers potentially fall to their doom? You're a sick fucking twisted world, Angel Grove. And Angel Grove, by the way, a lot of people think it's in California. But, oh, no. This movie lets me know it's Sydney, Australia. Now, you could tell right away this movie was filmed in Sydney just from looking at it. And that's great. I love when films are shot in Sydney. But if you weren't quite convinced, we meet the Fredster. Now, Fred is a 90s kid who's pretty much just Poochie. He's got a backwards baseball hat, some shorts that are too big for him, and some later on, I think he has a flannel sweatshirt tied around his waist as well. So this kid is the living embodiment of 1995. And Fred's talking to his dad, and he's like, Dadster, you really fucking sucked when you jumped out of that plane, man. You missed a target by a mile. And Fred's dad's like, I don't know, Fred, it wasn't so bad. I think I landed right over there, what about where I needed to be? This guy cannot contain his Australian accent. And that's fine. Just let him be Australian. And then later we meet some construction workers, and they're like, Oi! What is this? What's this here we dug up, diggery do I did? Aye, Fred's dead. Toss me a boomerang. I'm going to get this crate out of the ground, I am. And that's totally fine. But all the extras in this movie cannot contain their Australian accents. I'm sorry. If you think Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins stands out like a sore thumb, oh no, this is ten times worse. What's wrong, Bruce? You afraid of the bats? While we stay... Hey, Bruce, why do we fall so we can get on up out of rickety do? Uh, hey, it's okay. I like Batman Begins. I'm just saying, this poor dad's accent is all over the place. Now, the kidsters do safely land. They all hit the bullseye, including Tommy, which makes it a perfect six for six, which means the observatory is saved, which is good, because apparently the observatory is going to be providing us with some free entertainment in just a couple of days when Ryan's Comet becomes visible in Angel Grove, Australia. The movie takes a brief pause from that moment, not to provide us with a little bit of catch-up or learn more about our main characters, but so we can watch them rollerblade around Sydney, Australia, complete with a couple of stunt actors as well. Uh, I noticed Aisha's wearing a Nike hoodie, which is totally fine, but I'm really surprised they didn't fucking rip that logo off. Um, They all have color-coordinated outfits. Um, They let Aisha and Kimberly wear short shorts, but not too short, because, you know, I got kids here and everything. Uh, Aisha's got to be sweating up a storm wearing that fucking hoodie, though, down here, down under. Uh, You know, everybody's got some sweet vests on. I mean, it's a much better wardrobe than you're going to get on the show. Definitely sponsored by Australian Eagle or something like that, okay? But we all have color-coordinated rollerblades, and it's fine. We're also all wearing pads and helmets, so the kidsters like Fred that look up to us make sure to wear their safety gear as well. We rollerblade through a construction area, and that's when some plot starts to happen. First of all, Bulk and Skull, we learned, did successfully jump out of the plane, and they're landing here in the construction zone, safe. Uh, Bulk is hungry, so they skedaddle on out of there. 
And the Australian construction workers, like I said, Oi, Captain Boomerang, get over here! Captain Boomerang's like, what do you got for me, Crocodile Dundee? And Crocodile Dundee's like, I'll find this here capsule I did there. I don't think it's from the Department of War and Power. Let's say we open this thing. They found, like, some sort of ancient fucking, uh, looks like a big garbage can. And they open it, and a giant hand emerges from it carrying, like, a pink egg. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's a pink egg. What do you want from me? It could be purple. Very colorblind. The Power Rangers get summoned to their power fucking station and can no longer rollerblade. Although when they when they zap away and end up in their power center, they ain't wearing the rollerblades anymore. So is there some sort of button you can press to remove your rollerblades? That's all right. It's, we're, it's a kid's movie. We're just having fun here. But then... Uh, we really get into our first taste of our of our TV favorites. I mean, all our Ranger friends are here, but we haven't morphed yet. We go back to the construction zone at night, and there's two guards standing there. And all of a sudden, four crazy-looking beans zap into the construction site. Now, we've got a pigster. Some dude who's fucking a pig, who I believe is an original character because I don't recognize him. We've got Lord Zed. The man who's all brains, because I can see them, and they actually pulsate in this scene, and well done. Now, Lord Zed is the classic Power Rangers villain that replaced someone we'll speak about uh, in the second season. All right, when we did all these Zord upgrades. I believe he's an original creation. Like, Lord Zed doesn't exist in any Japan Power Rangers show. So anytime you see Lord Zed, it's all America, okay? Now, this is a costume upgrade, and I gotta admit, even as a kid, I was familiar with Lord Zed, and I was like, oh man, seeing him on the big screen, look at that new uniform they gave him. So, one of Lord Zed's henchmen is... Godar! Oh, Lord Zed, the Power Rangers, they suck a lot of ass, man! How come we can't kill them? Now, I like Goldar, I like doing his voice, but I prefer Griefhauser! Which is his name in Japan, and he's like married to Scorpina? Did you guys know that Goldar and Scorpina are married? They are in Japan, and they fuck. Finally, we're joined by Rita Repulsa. I mean, I think everybody knows who Rita Repulsa is, right? Now, good on you, fucking American kids film. You let her keep the Madonna cone boobs. That's a huge part. You know... I got one problem with Rita, though, here. I mean, not so much here. It's a different actress. It's the same voice actress. Um, You know, same costume, everything like that. Um, But, man, in the Japanese show, her name is Evil Witch Bandora. B-A-N-D-O-R-A. And she's so much better. She still gets headaches. She loves to fuck around and, like, poison kids and fuck with kids. It's really a lot of fun to watch this woman work. She's having a great time. And I love how she yells the name of her subordinates. Grifaza! Which is Goldar. Uh, uh, the, you know, uh, the other two, Squat and Babu, that's, uh, Bukabaka Totopato! Bukabaka Totopato! That's how she yells her names. And then, uh, Finster, make my monster grow. Like the guy, that's Pulipulico! And she's always like, Pulipulico, make me a monster! Okay. <laughs> I watched this show! I gotta fucking use it, alright? This is the only chance of my life I'm gonna get to fucking a captive audience to talk about it. What do you want from me? Uh, but they all show up. Oh, that's also why. Have you ever watched Power Rangers and wondered why? Every time they zoom in on Rita's castle, it says Bandora Palace. That's why. Because her name is Evil Witch Bandora. 
Now you've learned something. The more you know. Kids, don't fuck the refrigerator. G.I. Joe! So, uh, they open this egg, and it turns out that uh, a crazy, evil monster guy, just like Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa, has been locked up for 6,000 years. 6,000 years ago, this motherfucker was also running roughshod on the galaxy, and uh, Zordon and the Power Rangers of 6,000 years ago locked him in this giant fucking egg. His name is Ivan Ooze. Now, Ivan, a bit of a Russian name, if I'm not mistaken. I think we've got uh, Drago, Koloff, the Terrible. So, where are we getting this name from? All right. Oh, and the shit that he's fucking made out of looks like Nickelodeon's Gak that you put in the microwave. I want to throw up looking at it. Read a finger some of it, too. And, you know, the I'm sure in the director's cut, she licks it and fucking rubs it all over Lord Zed's brain, and he comes red shit everywhere. Power Rangers! Um, but he's like, oh, thank you very much for freeing me from this egg that the Power Rangers put me in. Ah, he's also got a tongue chin as well, because that's what you want in your kid's movie. Lord Zed's like, very well, Ivan Ooze. I'm very glad that I rescued you from this egg. Now, why don't you go be the villain of this movie? I'm going to go back to the moon and get my brain fucked. We'll see you later. Bye, Uzi. Call me. That's my Rita Repulsa, by the way. And so the villains that we know and love just sort of head out, and we'll, we'll check in with them later. In the command center, Zordon, the big face guy, tells the Power Rangers that a morphological being named Ivan Ooze has been freed from his egg prison. Also, Power Rangers, while you were out rollerblading, I took the opportunity to upgrade the command center. You'll notice it looks a lot more expensive, and actually, ironically, a lot less practical. Kind of like there's no actual working computers in this thing. In the old Power Rangers show, we at least had that video egg thing where you could watch television with a poor resolution. All right, Rangers, well, why don't you do some investigating? I'm going to sit here with Alpha while he reads me a bedtime story. And sure enough, they morph teleport to the construction site, and we get our first big Power Ranger scene. Our heroes morph to the construction site where Ivan Ooze was discovered. And I love this little detail here. The way they land on this rock formation, like in the proper hierarchy with Tommy on top and all of his subordinates below him. Nice choice by the director. Uh, we find the crate of Ooze with the melted gack in it. Everybody's like, oh, that's fucking gross. A security guard who was uh, accosted by Lord Zed earlier wakes up and he's like, I... You kids can't be here. I reckon it's not safe, I do. There could be crocodiles. Or, or rabbit koala bears, I do say. Dude also kind of looks like Hugo Weaving. The rangers are like, um, uh, uh, did you see like a morphological bean? And he's like, crikey, I think I did. And he morphs into Ivanus because, you know, shocker, it was just him all along. There's a great gag where they're like, well, guess what, Ivanus? We're going to fuck you up. Because we're the Power Rangers. And he's like, the Power Rangers? Where's my autograph book? Now, it's not that funny, but I don't know. I chuckled a little bit. Uh, He talks a lot of shit. Summons his version of the putties. I guess we'll call them the Uzis. Yeah, that works. And teleports away like, see you fuckers later. And uh, it's time for a fight scene. Tommy, of course, is a badass and uses some fucking construction spike as a bow staff and fucking rules over everything. Everybody kind of gets their moment to shine. Uh, Aisha's like, hey, kiss and make up. And she rams two guys together. Billy punches uh, Uzi, gets some fucking grape jelly on him, and he's like, well, you Uzi, you lose. 
Kimberly flips around the battlefield, does some cartwheels, and then Billy follows. Great moment here is they're in formation, and there's only five of them. And I'm like, where's the fucking other one? And he gets tossed in the frame, but he does like a bunch of unnecessary corkscrews, and the soundtrack's like, what a what a what a what a what a whoop. They land, and of course, there's only one thing to do at this moment. It's morphin' time! Go, go, Power Rangers! There's a guitar and orchestra! Go, go, Power Rangers! Got some money! Go, go, Power Rangers! You motherfucking Power Rangers! Ow, ow, ow! As you heard with the theme song there, we've discovered quite an upgrade of powers in music as well, but the suits... Out is the spandex, tossed in the garbage and burned, much like Spider-Man did to a suit one time. Folks, we've got some armored suits this go-around, and each Power Ranger has their little power mob animal emblem built into their suit as well. It's not bad. It's It feels different enough to make it feel special if it's 1995 and you're a fan, whatever. It's fine. Uh, we just have a higher budget, and these actually look like they could withstand some blows. What I love, though, is this. So, in the Power Rangers TV show, every time a ranger, like, moves their arm, it's like, there's like a whoosh sound on the soundtrack. And they always move their heads a lot. Like, the Japanese actors are very expressive with their head movements. Now, we don't have to deal with that anymore. But what we're doing is absolutely emulating it. Because the reason that those hand movements are added in is because all the sound is gone from the original footage. They have to add their own sound for everything. So there's not really a sound that's made when you move your arm back and forth. But in the Power Rangers Japanese dub, it's like whoosh, 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 whoosh. So here in this movie, their arms have to whoosh and make noises as well. And they are so expressive with their head movements. It's, it's honestly kind of a cool little detail to make it feel like a cohesive thing. Because on the flip side, if you don't do this, it might stand out like a sore thumb. Like, hey, what'd you do to my Power Rangers? Where's the booshing sound? How come their heads aren't bobbing all the fucking time? Uh, other side of that coin, it's redonkulous and completely unnecessary. But you know what? I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt since it, it's the least cohesive with the TV show. The other thing here is that everybody is actually the size... All the Rangers are actually the size of the actors they play. Like the Yellow Ranger. You ever watch the Power Rangers? And it's like the Yellow Ranger's always a woman. Uh, and the Yellow Ranger doesn't have breasts. All right? I'm trying to be scientific here, Okay. Um, that's because the Yellow Ranger's a dude. Well, now the Yellow Ranger has boobs, too. And, and you know, I'm just saying, like, it's things that we can do now that we're in control of everything. But again, it kind of just stands out as different from the show. Now, in retrospect, I gotta admit, it's kind of hilarious because we just covered... Transformers Age of Extinction here on Junkman, which I famously yelled at because it's like every time Optimus Prime pulls out his sword, we just cut to the goddamn humans because now that we're fully morphed and ready to go, we cut back to the command center. And Alpha 5's all like, ay 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 Zordon, what the fuck is going on? And why do I say ay 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 Oh, that little fucking robot, man. But some ooze starts to melt through the door. Zordon's like, oh, fuck, Alpha. An old debt's coming back to collect. A big purple turd forms into 
Ivan Ooze, and he's in the command center, even though he doesn't have what they refer to as a power coin. Alpha 5 is all like, I got this shit. Uh, Ivan Ooze just touches him, and Alpha's like, ay, 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 and freaks out, gets all electrocuted. It's dumb. Now, Ivan Ooze is pissed off at Zordon. He's like, you know, Zordon, I've only been out of my fucking egg for ten minutes and you're already talking to me like you're my goddamn dad. I can't believe you locked me up. It's fucking rude. I mean, think about all the good shit that happened that was evil that I had to miss out because of you. And now, for some reason, I sound like Jesse the Potty Ventura. But you know what, Zordon? Because of you, I missed the Black Plague. You know, that sounded like a good time. The Spanish Inquisition? That sounded evil. What about WrestleMania 2? I heard pray tell that was pretty evil. Hey, you know how Tanya Harding's an evil bitch? Well, I never got to meet her because I was locked up in an egg. And by the way, you know the OJ verdict? Missed that one too, you piece of shit. And to make it even worse, the most evil thing of all time that I missed out on was the Brady Bunch reunion. That one, he actually says, now it's time to pay the piper. He pipes a little flute and destroys the command center. Thank God, though, we cut back to the Power Rangers. Now, they're in a parking garage somewhere in Sydney, Australia, they are. And they're looking for the Uzis, but they can't see shit. So it's time to sell some toys. Yellow Ranger's like, I know, I'll activate the Power Beam. And the fucking Sabertooth Tiger eyes on her helmet light up. And I think the fucking... A flashlight that runs off of, like, one AAA battery that your kid gets attached to their Nerf gun provides more light. Uh, Red Ranger Rocky's like, don't worry, I've got an idea, too. Turn on the power scanner. Rocky's helmet, you know, I'm surprised that the Power Rangers didn't get sued here. Because Rocky gets this visor on his helmet, and Marvel... Around 94, 95 was desperate for cash. One of the reasons they sold all their properties to other studios and had to fight to get them back. Because Rocky is practically a walking copyright infringement of Cyclops. He's like, I don't know. I can't get an energy reading on these life forms. Now, I took a screenshot of Rocky's HUD. Okay, because we get a point of view shot. It says, Rocky, Ranger status activated. PQR750ST. Tracking mode. There's a little tracking receptacle. Power tracker systems. FMLA. Okay. <laughs> okay. LDP. Okay. VRX. Okay. Peripherals. Okay. And then there's a numeric sequence. 52.9489. House triangle. X made of dots. Big upside down M infinity symbol. I love the Power Rangers. The Uzis show up. There's a fight. Lots of whooshy noises. Uh, White Ranger kicks a fucking ooze guy up like six stories. He explodes. We get lots of exploding. The White Ranger does a lot of unnecessary corkscrew flips that go... Black and red play up and over. And then they kick an Uzi at the same time. And his face sort of turns into a Looney Tunes accordion complete with sound effects. It's at this point that I start to notice that, folks, we're getting a lot of wacky sound effects here. I would much rather watch the television program because even though it's redonkulous and cheaper, it doesn't have wacky sound effects like bowling pins and fucking yo-yo strings and fucking nonsense. Billy the Blue Ranger's like, let's sell some more shit! Stick a stinger! And he whips out like a fucking a nerdy Batman zip 
blind thing. Now, Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. I'll give her some credit. I would buy this for the ladies in my life. She has Pterodactyl Thunder Whip. And she trips some Uzis. Have a nice trip. See you next fall. I'm okay with that one. Uh, she's like, bye-bye. I don't know. Whatever. Tommy finishes things with a badass Luke Kang. Bicycle kick. Billy shows up riding the Stega Stinger. Shades of Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. And shades of Grandpa in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. And shades of Hulk Hogan in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. They all jump into Ranger formation. Tommy's like, what up, bitches? It's time for you to meet Saba. He flips his sword around. And yes, it's the talking sword from the cartoon. Or from the cartoon, from the TV show. And I literally think they just pulled one of the toys off the shelf and handed it to Jason David Frank and were like, here, make this work. Because it looks bad. He doesn't have his voice, though. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do the whole Alfred thing he usually does. But he does laser like a big construction fucking crate and it falls on the Uzis. They all die. But then the power fades away. The Power Rangers have lost their power because Ivan Ooze destroyed the command center. I guess the Rangers hoof it to the command center. I hope that shit's close because uh, they're not sweating when they get here and it looks like they get there right away. The command center, newly upgraded and renovated, completely destroyed. Guys, they find Zordon laying in like a muumuu in a bed of crystals, no longer just a face. But strangely... He's still a face. Like, he's got this big boo-boo robe on. He has no arms, no legs, even though I can see some fucking stubs, at least. It's like, they dread... Oh, I don't know if they're going for he's a floating head or his arms and legs are just hidden under his fucking Jedi robes. He's like, Rangers, I fucked up, man. I should have killed Ivan Ooze when I had the chance. It's like when I... It's like when we beat Magneto. We put him in that plastic prison. He got out, and he fucked up all the timelines. Now Ivan Ooze is out. Why don't we just kill these people next time? Um, he's like, sorry, guys. No more power. Alpha's like, well, I think there might be some power on this distant planet called Phatos. Uh, but Kimberly's like, Zordon, should we do it? And Zordon's like, oh, I can't hear you, Kimberly. Because upon further evaluation, not only does Zordon have no arms and legs, he looks like Uncle Fester and Skeletor fucked and had a kid, and he, he inherited Mick Foley's ears. Okay, this dude's just wrinkled ball sack times 100. Kimberly's like, Zordon, you're kind of like my dad, which is weird, because sometimes I think about you in the shower when I accidentally turn the sprayer on to a higher level. But yeah, let's fucking go to Phaedos. Uh Alpha does some science shit. And we teleport to the planet Phaedos. I hope I'm saying that right. It's just, it's all done very quickly. And folks, the Power Rangers ain't showing up again until the climactic finale. Big mistake, in my opinion. The Rangers teleport away to the new planet Phaedos. And even though they've lost the power, as they're being teleported by Alpha's science shit, they still maintain their color scenario as they teleport. I don't know about all that. But they do fly past the base on the moon, home to Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa. Big mistake, according to Jack Slater and myself. They've redesigned the castle, I guess to be more in line with Lord Zed's interpretation. But I miss Pandora Palace. I don't mind telling you. Rita sees the color swipe line and she's like, God damn it, Zed! Ivan Ooze didn't do what he said he was going to do. 
Piggy and Goldar are like, well, maybe he fucked up. Zed's like, oh, it's so hard to find good help in the universe. Sure enough, Ivan Ooze himself shows up on the moon. Rita's like, Ivan, you fucking suck. Now my cone titties won't be touched by anyone. <laughs> and, and of course, Ivan Ooze don't give a shit. He's able to gack himself anytime he wants, evidenced by the fact that he throws some of his fucking purple jizz onto Rita's mouth. Lord Zed celebrates. Yes, finally, she shuts the fuck up. Ivan Ooze decides, yeah, I think we're taking over here, if I don't mind telling you. He zaps Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa into a little snow globe, and they get the sort of chipmunk voice because they're tiny. Oh, goddammit, Zed, I told you he was a dick. Oh, it's so hard to find people that you can trust nowadays. Goldar, get me out of here. Uh, but Goldar and Mr. Piggy are like, Tell you what, Ivan Ooze, we'll work for you. Got any ideas about the Power Rangers? Ivan Ooze hawks a giant purple loogie. It's disgusting, but out of these loogies form his Tengu Warriors. Now, I know what a Tengu is because uh, Mega Man 8, that's right, friend of the, friend of the podcast, Mega Man, uh, one of the robots he fights in Mega Man 8 is named Tengu Man. And, and when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck is a Tengu? So I, I put my Encyclopedia Britannica CD-ROM into my little computer and found that a Tengu is like a, an ancient demon bird from Japanese culture. But he makes a bunch of birds, and he's like, Fly, my birdies! Fly! Go get the Power Rangers on Planet Fados! Fly! And, and they do, and it's... I was going to say it's bad green screen, but I guess I'll take it over CGI at this point. Uh, the colors of the rangers arrive on Planet Fatos. Kind of looks like a beach. Somewhere in Australia, it does! <laughs> they find a fucking giant dinosaur skeleton. Uh, but it looks like this giant dinosaur skeleton was also wearing Rita Repulsa's cone boobs as some sort of a helmet. I don't know what they're going for here. But we see a cloaked figure... Most likely, Obi-Wan Kenobi is watching them as they trek forward towards something. I don't know. I guess the ancient power. Meanwhile, back in Australia, Angel Grove, there's just this abandoned plant. Like a fucking manufacturing area, I guess. And a sign says, keep out toxic chemicals. Ivan Ooze, Mr. Piggy, and Goldar are inside. And Ivan Ooze is like, you know, for 6,000 years I've had this crazy plot. And my ectomorphicon robots are buried here in Australia. And, uh, well, I need somebody to dig them up for me. Well, who are you going to get to do it, Ivan? I know. I'll get the parents of Angel Grove to do it. So Ivan Ooze's diabolical plot is to electrically shoot some lightning at these pipes. And he does. And fucking nasty-ass purple water starts shooting out. And uh, he's like, I know, I'll start a business. A small business at first. And perhaps we'll get some online sales as well. But he's going to make ooze. Literally, Nickelodeon's gack. He's going to give it to Kidsters. Kidsters will play with it. And somehow, this will turn the Kidsters' parents into mindless zombies that will work for him. All right. I guess I've heard worse. Back on Planet Fatos, Kimberly is sad, and she stands on some rocks and overlooks a beach. Tommy, who's traditionally her lover, 
is like, Kimberly, what's wrong? I can't stop thinking about Zordon, and this water is not helping. It's reminding me of when I'm in the shower, and, you know, I think about Zordon, even though he's kind of like my dad. Don't worry, Kimberly, we'll save Zordon, and you'll have something to masturbate to again. Thanks, Tommy. But the Tengus arrive, and a fight bursts out. Now, the Tengus, well, they're able to, to have their way with some of the Rangers. Tommy puts up a decent fight. Unfortunately, Kimberly sort of ends up as a damsel in distress, like one of the Tengus grabs her and is flying away with her. Luckily, at the very last moment, the hooded, cloaked figure that's most likely Obi-Wan Kenobi jumps down from a cliff and joins the battle for the side of the Power Rangers. Obi-Wan Kenobi rips off his cloak to reveal, Holy shit! That is a sexy lady under that cloak! And this sexy lady, obviously Australian, has some red curly Nicole Kidman hair. And folks, this is something for the dads and some of the moms in the audience. Because this woman is wearing less than Princess Leia when she was a servant of Jabba the Hutt. I mean, seriously. This girl is a fucking Ractacious. And, uh, I mean, wow. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm all like a horn dog about it. Please. I'm saying this because my mind was blown. Because, and look, I got no problems with it. This fucking woman shouldn't be ashamed of how in shape she is. Okay, I'm just saying that I was not expecting this in my kid's movie. I didn't expect Obi-Wan to have him some titties and a little bikini on. She's also got a stick. She beats the shit out of the Tengus. She splits it in half and starts to whoosh it around, and it makes some sound that the Tengus can't handle, and so they fly away. Rocky, the Red Ranger, is like, Oh, thanks, babe. And she immediately trips it with the staff and is ready to fucking kill him. She also gives some shit to Tommy. She's like, So many people have come to this planet looking for power, and they're all fucking dead. You guys need to get out of here, or you're next. And they're like, But come on, Zordon said we should have to get the power. She's like, Zordon? Well, why didn't you say so? That's a horse of a different color. Uh, she's like, My name is Dulcea. But, you know, I'm going to forget that, so I'm just going to call her Dashiki, which, of course, is Swahili for doggy style. Uh, she's like, I can take you to the great power, but you'll probably die anyway. But Zordon did choose you, and uh, follow me. Aisha and Kimberly follow. Tommy, Rocky, Adam. Eh, they stop to have themselves a look. Billy spikes the camera, and he's like, eh, not my thing. All right, I'm, I'm down with it. Let's rock and roll. So, meanwhile, back in Australia, uh, well, there's a couple of things here. The first thing we do is we go back to the command center, and Zordon is laying in his crystal chamber like, Oh, Alpha, see if you could call the rangers. I think they found Dashiki. Oh, that's great, Zordon. No, I think Adam... The Black Ranger's going to try to fuck her. Oh, Zordon, that's not going to happen. I don't know. I've got a bad feeling about this. Meanwhile, in actual Australia Angel Grove, fucking Ivanus is at like a carnival 
with a Ferris wheel and everything, and he's he's dressed like a goddamn wizard. I mean, his regular Ivan Ooze costume looks awful. I've got to assume this was the first draft, and they're like, eh, we already made it, just put him up in it. But he's trying to be like a shyster with all these kids at the carnival. Since it's the 1995, he's channeling WCW superstar The Giant. And he just keeps talking in rhymes. It's really bad. And he's like, Kidsters, get this ooze. If you don't, you're going to lose. And the Kidsters are all just... Uh, Fred's here as well, the little Fredster. And he doesn't say anything, but all these kids here in Australia are done up in all of the 90s greatest fashions for youngsters. I got starter hats, Orlando Magic jerseys. I got Air Jordan hats. We got lots of Atlanta Braves hats. All sorts of these famous fucking like shit that I had in my closet. Although there are a couple kids wearing some cricket hats, I'm assuming, that stand out like a sore thumb, but it is Australia. Back on Thanos, Dashiki is taking the Power Rangers up the Cliffs of Insanity! And they end up at the ruins of the Temple of Ninjetti. Which kind of sounds like Ninja or Ninjago. And will also be the powers that the Rangers will obtain the next time your kids say, Buy me a Power Ranger! The Ninjetti ones! And that's okay. She's like, well, we'll take a rest here at the Temple of Ninjetti. And right there in the center of the planet, like a giant erect nipple, is the tower you're looking for. We'll go there a little bit later. Tommy's like, well, you know, Dashiki, I feel like, you know, we don't have the Power Rangers power anymore. And you said everybody's dead. How are we going to get there? She's like, we will conduct the ancient ceremony of the animality, which means we'll summon some animal toys for you to sell the kids. Like, that sounds good. Uh, but but it's not time. We have to wait until sundown. So let's head back to Australia. Fred's dad, a.k.a. Mr. Australia, is coming back from a hard day of working at the fire department. Now, his license plate, mind you, uh, just five. It's not a custom plate. There's only five uh, digits on here. Clearly not an American license plate, but I guess they couldn't be bothered. I get, I don't got any problems with Australia, man. But if you're trying to cover it up, you're doing a piss-poor job. He comes home, and he's like, Fredster, come on, it's time to hunt some wallabies, it is. What? Did you feed the kangaroo? He sees the Ivan ooze in a container on the countertop. He's like, oi, what's this? He looks at it, he reads the label, unscrews it, smells it, and does the old... Bleh. Uh, he touches it, plays with it in his fingers, and some electricity gets to him. And suddenly, he... I mean, there's a great shot of him spiking the camera with the big bug eyes, like, Ugh, I guess I'm a zombie now. Sure enough, he walks outside, and there's a whole parade of parents that are walking towards Ivan Ooze's factory like a bunch of zombies, including a woman in a black tank top with a rainbow skirt some tall-ass white go-go boots, and a goddamn kid's red cowboy hat tied around her chin and on top of her head. She's got some poofy 90s hair, some big-ass Beverly D'Angelo glasses. I mean, you do you, man, but holy shit. Alpha's watching the news, and he's like, ay 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 Zordon! Australia Live says that, that all the fucking parents are disappearing! And he's like, oh, oh, that's awful. Did you get a hold of Adam? He's trying to fuck Dashiki. 
they actually get a transmission of an Ivan Ooze television commercial for Ooze. And he's like, ah, Ivan Ooze is up to his old schemes. Ah, where's Dashiki? I'll tell you where she is. It's nighttime on the planet Fado, so she's at the temple of Lego Ninjago. She blows some gold dust into a fire. The fire smokes up, and now the rangers all have straight-up color-coordinated ninja uniforms that cover their face so the stunt doubles can perform when necessary. Now, each one of them has an emblem of a new animal sidekick attached to it so we can sell some toys, okay? Dashiki encounters each individual one at a time, gives them a little pe- uh, gives them their animal and some words of encouragement. Aisha, your animal is the bear, enemy to garbage cans everywhere. Rocky, it appears your animal is the ape, friend to bananas worldwide. Billy, your animal is the wolf, which means you're going to love Duran Duran. What's that, Billy? You already do? I'm not surprised, Billy. Don't worry. I could tell. Let's go shopping later. Kimberly, your agiliousness is off the charts, and your legs are amazing. Perhaps later you can wrap them around me, but you are the crane. You know the crane, that bird thing. You know the crane. Every kid in America has to sit through a rendition of that play, a bunch of cranes, about Hiroshima. You are the crane, Kimberly. Adam, let's talk about your animal. Oh, Adam, what's wrong? I'm a frog, Dashiki. (laughs) Oh, Adam, let's not forget a few things. Number one, when you kiss a frog, you get a prince. And she kisses him. Zordon was absolutely spot on. And Adam, after the ceremony of the animal naming, you will have to learn a special Lego Ninjago power. What's that, Dashiki? Well, as you know, frogs have very large tongues, and a frog has complete mastery over its tongue. So after the rest of the rangers go to sleep, you and I will head to the temple of the Clitoris for tongue training. Tommy, you are the falcon, second in command of Star Fox and the Millennium Man. You know, because of the Millennium Falcon. Well, whatever, Tommy. You've already got the cool suit. You can't have the coolest gag for Dashiki giving you your animal power. All right, Rangers. Very good. Let's get some sleep. Adam, let's get to work. However, after the alleged training at the Temple of the Clitoris, it's time for the Power Rangers to continue their journey. They're like, well, hey, this is going to be super easy now that we've got you, Dashiki. And Dashiki's like, oh, fuck. Well, it's funny you should say that. Even though I have awesome rockin' tits and this sweet bottle staff, if I set foot any further into the planet, I will age rapidly, just like Zordon. But don't worry, if I turn into an owl, I'll be totally fine. And sure enough, she turns into an owl and flies away like, Fuck you, Power Rangers! (laughs) Meanwhile, back in Australia Grove, Fred! arrives at home. I don't know how he got there, where he was. Maybe he was at school. Maybe the bus dropped him off. And he's like, hey, Dad, you want to hear about all my day at Australia Elementary School? Dad, where you at, bro? Dad's nowhere to be found. But the ooze is still sitting on the countertop open. And Fred's like, God damn it, Dad. I told you to stop playing with my ooze. 
We then cut back to the construction site where Ivan Ooze is enjoying a beverage, a smoking beverage. There's just like dry ice smoke coming out of his cup. And all the Angel Grove parents are searching for the ectomorphicons, which I'm just going to recall or refer to now as the giant robots for the ending. Uh, apparently, Ivan Ooze has had these giant robots for some time. They've been buried here all along. Now, all the grown-ups are hard at work. And since they're doing all the work, Ivan and Goldar are getting a little bored. I think Mr. Piggy's there as well. So they make this somewhat overweight parrot dance, monkey, dance! They make him do, like, the surf, the swim. He even does some ballet and does a funny jump and spin. Oh, isn't that hilarious? The Tengu warriors arrive from their failure, and they're like, Hey, boss, everything went great, but uh, one small problem. And one of them sounds like John Wayne for some reason. He's like, Yeah, Dashiki was there, and uh, things went tits up. And Ivan Ooze is like, You know what? That's okay, Tengu warriors. Here's a little present for you. Boom! He shocks them, and they all explode into a pile of feathers. Back on the planet of power, Tommy makes the call. It's time to press forward. And they do, towards the giant temple that looks like a huge erect cock from a distance. They travel through a jungle, and then we cut again back to the construction. There's a lot of cross-cutting here, which I will say, for the purposes of retelling you here on podcast form, it's a little annoying, but it's a good economic use of time. They cross-cut between the two stories. We don't overwear our welcome. Kids have ADD, so the movie makes quick cuts. It's, it's really fine. I'm not complaining. Basically, long story short, Fred arrives at the construction site. He sees his dad, and he's like, Dad, what are you doing, man? And Dad's like, Aye, Fred, I told you not to bother me when I'm working for Ivan Ooze. Actually, Dad doesn't say anything. But we do finally see the pieces of the giant robots. They've been unearthed, and we're getting closer to the big finale. Fred runs away, confused and distraught. Back on the planet of power, the Power Rangers stumble across a bone graveyard. Lots of giant, basically dinosaur bones. I think Adam's even like, welcome to Jurassic Park. And I'm like, did you get clearance for that? Billy investigates a giant face skull. And wouldn't you know, all the bones form together. And now we're suddenly fighting an animatronic dinosaur. Now, let me be clear here. This isn't really like an engaging, amazing set piece. But... Seeing the practical special effects really warmed my heart. If this was a CGI concoction, I mean, especially in 95, but, you know, if this movie was made now, this would all be green screen shit. They wouldn't even be out in a real forest. Uh, and, and the bones would be all CGI, and the interactions between the humans and the creature would be, you know, marginal at best. Now, you actually get practical effects, and it's a nice change. Unfortunately, the yellow and pink rangers are the faces in peril. Shocker. Eventually, Tommy rescues his bride, Kimberly, mounts the the skeleton beast, and he's like, Hey, Dino, I got a bone to pick with you. Sure enough, he picks a bone. A neck bone. Which is, I think, something Stevie Ray used to say at WCW. Oh, man, it's going to be on like neck bone. And uh, the dinosaur bones fall apart, and the rangers continue. Back in Australia Grove, Fred follows the parents and Ivan Ooze to the factory. And good news! Ooze is still in mass production, flying off the table. And the robots are complete! So the parents are no longer needed. And Ivan Ooze tells them to head back to the construction site and, quote, leap 
to your doom. Which is actually kind of engaging. And the parents all walk away like zombies to do what they're told. Unfortunately, it is a kid's movie. So Ivan Ooze is like, Hasta la vista, baby. Goldar says, See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. Mr. Piggy's like, See ya later, alligator. <laughs> they power up the the giant robots with ooze. They fill them up like they're goddamn gasoline, and they come to life with 1995 CGI. And it's it's aged, yes, but it's not awful. All right, I'm trying to be kind here. There's and and they're made of straight up chrome. So it's not like they're animating complex colors. We'll talk about animating complex colors in a little bit towards the finale. So, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, he- I'm I'm still here for it. This is what I paid to see, right? The giant Voltron type shit. So as a kid, and even now, I'm like, I'm cool with this. Sub-question, though, is Ivan News a complete source of renewable, quote-unquote, clean energy? And if so, should we murder him at the end or, like, fucking lock him in a cage and fucking siphon all the ooze out of him and use it to fuel our vehicles? I don't know. At the planet of power, our heroes finally arrive at the water temple, the flame temple, the fucking ice temple, the hidden temple. It doesn't matter. It's straight out of The Legend of Zelda or The Legends of the Hidden Temple. But again, it's a practical set with a real temple wall that's been erected. There's a big door with four ominous guardian statues standing at watch. Again, though, it's a practical effect, and so I'm kind of here for it. You know, we got jungle, vegetation, a little waterfall. It's a real place, technically, where our human characters could jump and leap around and interact with the stage. And you know what? Again, I'm here for it. So they try to enter the door, and of course... The, the guardians come to life, and they're like these sort of rock lizard beasts with weapons. But, nice thing here, we know from the Michael Jackson black and white video that our special effects technology have mastered the sort of morphing technique. And sure enough, some CGI morphing takes place, and it's fine. It's, it's not bad. The stone golems come to life, and we've got our big bad. This whole, and I mean this as a compliment, Well, this first part. Well, let me start with the negativity first. A lot of this movie is... I mean, the whole movie is aimed at kids. That's fine. It it should be. Okay? I'm the the one who should be out of their element here. Kids should be enjoying this because I'm like almost 40. That being said, if you take out uh, the the cuts to Ivan Ooze and all his shit and their bad puns and their bad jokes and their dancing... The Power Rangers are basically on a video game quest that's easy to digest and understand. They're in the jungle, they fight the dinos, they beat the dinos, they move on. They're at the temple, ready to obtain the power, and here we have a clear objective. Four video game bad guys. If we kill them, we get in and we get our power. And so, it's time to Lego Ninjago Morph. Uh, They all get their moment, you know, Falcon, Frog, Ape, Crane, Wolf. Bear. And, you know, the, the ninja hoods come on and we're fighting in our cloth ninja ninja outfits. It's a decent enough fight. The Red Ranger kills one of the creatures by knocking them into water and they melt. The Black Ranger is uh, into some shenanigans and he's like, oh man, why are they picking on the frog? He's really got, he needs to increase his frog confidence. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a frog. Don't forget, 
You spent the last 24 hours with that frog tongue up in a dashiki vagine. So you should be fucking walking on sunshine. It's time to feel good. Frogs eating pussies. Hey! Adam's a fucking frog. I don't know where that came from. Uh, Yellow Ranger is again a babyface in peril, unfortunately. Pink Ranger's in a little bit of peril, but Tommy helps her out. Uh, They push a giant Indiana Jones boulder onto a creature. Of course, now before Kimberly can say, let's rock his world. And I'm like, Kimberly, you've been rocking my world since 1993. Ayo! Uh, But they they dropped the boulder on him. He did. Uh, Next, a really pretty hardcore moment. Uh, Billy is up at a tree. Adam the Frog is getting double teamed. And so, right before a giant monster goes to slice at Adam, they pull some vines. Adam is the elevator going up. Billy is the elevator going down. But since one of the creatures was already swiping, he straight up cuts one of the motherfuckers vertically into Billy lands. We see the corpse split into like a goddamn Kung Lao fatality. And Billy spikes the camera and says, Talk about a splitting headache! Which is kind of lame. One creature left to go, and he's got a bone to pick with Rocky the ape and his big, giant ape cock. Because he throws a spear straight at Rocky, Rocky leaps and does the Jean-Claude Van Damme splits! And the spear goes right underneath his dick, and he's like, Holy shit! I almost died a virgin! Everybody teams up. It's time to kill the final boss. Tommy, even though he's the best, God help me, He's everybody gets in a kick. Uh, he's so close to died. Tommy's up in a tree like Tarzan. Ninjetti corkscrew kick! And he does a Ninjetti corkscrew kick. And it's complete with what 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 spitting noises. We get an awful point of view shot of Tommy spinning. Not his fault. Uh, he does the big kick, yells, eight ball, quarter pocket. And the goddamn rock creature shatters amongst the door. Now the door to the hidden temple opens. A giant triangle statue comes out with a crest. It's the spirit ninja animals that they have. Now, I was sort of under the impression that not everybody would have the same animals. Because when Dashiki gave them their animals, she's like, Adam, you're the frog. Uh, uh, Rocky, uh, I think you should be an ape. I thought there was a little more to it, but this statue's been here for all time. The, the, the symbol shoots out some tiny animated versions of the zords they'll get each animal. Um... It's a little cheese, but I will say this. The score here does a lot of work. It's uplifting. It's heroic. You know, it's it's an improvement. It's not bad. This is what we came to see, right? We want them to get their ranger suits back. And for some strange reason, when you combine the fact that the score is pretty decent and all the little, you know, animated animals merge with the rangers, the camera pulls out and we're back in our suits, now with new symbols on the chest, It's kind of what I'm here for. It's a feel-good moment. And now we're back on track. They do a pose where they all grab their belts. And they morph back to Earth. Of course, we see Dashiki as an owl watching them. And she's like, goodbye, Adam. I'll never come again. Back on Earth, the Ectomorphicons, our giant robots, are alive. And they're tearing apart Angel Grove in the broad daylight. We get some destruction, but it's safe destruction. You know, if they step on a car, it's clear nobody's in it. We don't see any humans die. 
Goldar and Ivan Ooze are watching from sort of like a Space Needle observation tower. Maybe that's the observatory we were trying to save. I don't know. It's never explained. Nobody cares. doesn't matter. But the ectomorphicons are Horniton and Scorpiton. So one's a giant hornet that stands on two legs, and one's a giant scorpion that's down on all four. We get a really lame Ivan Ooze and Goldar high five. Alpha 5 is still watching TV. It's still the news, and he's like, God damn it, Zordon, I thought you were going to get Cinemax. Zordon is fucking even more wrinkled, looking like a ball sack, and he's like, oh, Alpha, did you get a hold of Dashiki? Did Adam fuck the twat? The Rangers arrive back on Earth, and now it's nighttime. There's about 25 to 28 minutes left in the movie. They arrive in the city. It's ravaged to shit. They see the ectomorphicons. And again, the score does a lot of work for me here. They do wacky poses. Ninja Crane Zord! Ninja Wolf Zord! Ninja Frog Zord! Ninja Ape Zord! Ninja Bear Zord! Ninja Falcon Zord! They they shoot like a giant laser at one another. And they form the, the, the symbol that was on the pyramid. And you know what? The Zords fly out of the sky. The score peaks. The CGI is not awful. Each Zord, well, it's, 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 come on, it's 1995 with a $15 million budget. It's, it's fine. I'm not going to talk shit about it. The one caveat is that each Zord has to be color-coded. So, like the bright blue wolf, uh, the frog looks good because it's black. The falcon looks good. The crane, you can barely see any pink. The ape is fine because it's red, but holy shit, it doesn't look like an ape. It just looks like a fucking person robot. The bear... Is a little embarrassing. The bare face doesn't work too well, but there's a badass moment. The Rangers see the Zords. They're stoked. They all put their fucking arms straight up in the air like they're Superman, and they fly. They fly, and they do some flips into their Zords, like Tommy backflips into the Falcon Zord. Weapon systems online. Frog Zord, ready to go. Kimberly flies into the crane, and she's like, hey, nice stereo. But the Zords fly into action ready to take on these giant robots we know they're going to form like Voltron and you know what we got like I said at this point probably about 25 minutes to go from here on out it's all the final battle and uh I'm kind of okay with it sure there's going to be some bad fucking dialogue that we'll get to but as of right now god help me I'm kind of in of course Flip side of that, I feel like the movie heard me say that I was sort of getting into it because we immediately cut to the parents walking in the street and they're all like, leap to your doom, leap to your doom. Cut to Ernie's juice bar, finally! Ernie's juice bar making it to the big screen. Of course, uh, a big hangout of the Power Rangers and holy fucking testicle Tuesday It's a kid party. An out-of-control kid party. Ernie is nowhere to be found. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was, like, in the background somewhere swinging because they hung him. Because these kids are out of control. They've got Ivan's ooze everywhere. Kids are putting it in blenders, staring at it like it's telling them to fucking blow something up. Uh, Bulk and Skull are here, too, having themselves some fun. I mean, I thought they might be a little too old to hang out with these kidsters because we're got, like, all sorts of kids, all ages, but they're clearly the oldest. Fred is appalled, mounts a table, and gives a kid power speech. Hey, you assholes! 
My dad's gonna die! Oh, wait, he's not Australian. All our dads and moms are gonna die if we don't do something. So get your asses out of here! Let's do something! Ernie's like, please! You're ruining my business! And, uh, we smash cut to the city. The Falcon Zord flying proud through the city of Australian Angel Grove. And you know what? Kudos to this movie. The Falcon Zord is all CGI, but we are absolutely dealing with a model set or, you know, model city made out of fucking cardboard. And I'm fucking here for it. It looks fine. It looks serviceable. Again, I'm so done with CGI. Seeing any sort of practical effects just puts a smile on my face. The Falcon Sword, it's it's also Tommy and this Falcon Sword. It's it's all me. It takes me back to like Batman in the Batwing in 89 and he straight up fucking launches a missile assault on the Scorpion. It's pretty badass. I mean, given the proper context here, considering what the movie's given us so far. And you know, I've been sort of I've mocked the movie. That's my job for entertainment purposes. It's well, we'll get to it in the end, but I'm just saying that like this is what I paid for, and they're bringing it to me. Tommy's wing takes a shot. He's got to fly out and let it uh, let the flames go out. We cut to Goldar and Ooze, and Goldar's like, Oh, boss, you're doing great! And he makes the mistake of touching Ivan Ooze. Ivan's like, Don't you fucking touch me, or I'll make you eat your dick. Ooh! The scorpion zord, or the scorpion monster, is a little uh, disorientated from the missiles. And so, the training has paid off. Adam busts out his cunnilingus skills, and the frog wraps up the scorpion with his giant tongue. I mean, that's all the frog zord does in this. Wrap up the scorpion with his tongue. But again, that pays off all the trading that Adam did. He electrocutes the scorpion, uh, sends electricity through the tongue. Scorpion starts to fight back, and uh, he's like, I need some help. Well, out on the prowl! Out on the town, here comes Billy and the wolf. Yeah! And Billy is hungry. He leaps into action, uh, bites the scorpion's tail. So now we've got black and blue taking on scorpion. Now the hornet is vertical, as I'd mentioned. Bipedal, sitting on two legs, tearing up buildings. Well, Aisha's here. She stands up because she's a bear and like pounds on her chest. And she's like, time to boogie with the bear. And of course, because she's one of the girl rangers, the scorpion just kicks her and she goes flying into a building. Completely incompetent and ineffective. Rocky the ape is up on a skyscraper. He leaps off like, yeehaw, random cowboy. Hey, 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 fucking hornet zord. You got any bananas in there? Because I'm Donkey Kong. But he does ride around like Donkey Kong. And again, it's kid-friendly. It's Voltron on the silver screen-ish. I'm fucking happy. Unfortunately, we cut to the kids with Bulk and Skull, who are both on skateboards. I mean, good for you, Bulk. I mean, you're not tiny, and you're skateboarding. They hop onto the Angel Grove monorail. For some reason, Fred is driving. Like, this kid ain't got no license. I'd rather have Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson driving this fucking monorail, which is definitely the greatest Simpsons episode ever. Especially when uh, Leonard Nimoy's like, ah, the solar eclipse. The fucking uh, human cycle of life moves on, or whatever he says. God damn it, what does he say? Ah, solar eclipse. Damn it, uh, it doesn't matter. But the guy's like, does anybody want to change seats? 
And, of course, you got Lyle Lampett doing the music, man. But they're on the monorail. They're taking it to find their parents. Now Kimberly's here in the Crane Zord flying around. And this is interesting. So the two bad guy robots each have two Power Rangers working on them. The Falcon is in repair mode. Kimberly is basically the on-field leader, which is nice because, you know, it's 1995. She's a girl. She's pink. Just something you not expect to see. And because uh, she's going after Ivan directly, which I, again, like I greatly appreciate from a I'm surprised by this. Uh, I, you know, my head's in the modern world. Uh, I would not be surprised by this. I'm surprised by this in 95. Kimberly goes to assault the Space Needle. Unfortunately... Oh, God, much like Aisha, she's immediately immobilized. Ivan like, gets her in an electric tracker beam. And in a sad moment, Kimberly's like, I'm totally stuck. I don't know what to do. Aisha, at least it's Aisha, she comes over the comm and she's like, Hey, Kimberly, use your thrusters. Kimberly's like, I got thrusters? Oh, Kimberly. And she escapes. Uh, Frog and Wolf still tangling with the scorpion at this point in time. Uh, they do... Adam, or not Adam, Billy, because he's hungry like the wolf, bites off the tail. Pink ooze goes flying everywhere. It even splatters the camera. Scorpion's got a or Scorpion's got a leak. He's not at full strength. Here comes the Falcon Zord! Look, this is in the trailer. Everybody that knows this movie knows this moment. I don't care. Tommy's like, let's take care of business. The Falcon Zord sort of stands vertically, puts its two wings towards itself, and just unloads eight rockets, fly straight at the camera. The rockets fly to the scorpion, and the explosion is very weak and very bad CGI, but I don't care. Again, I'm... Yes, I'm almost 40. This is a kid's movie from 95, but this is what I paid for. It's becoming my catchphrase in this last, you know, few minutes here in the podcast. This is what I wanted to see, and they're delivering it. Uh, Ape Zord gets tossed off of Hornetron, and uh, they do corner the Hornet. There's the pretty boss seed where the Zords all land and they like are walking towards him. It's kind of fun. Ivan Ooze is like, all right, I've had enough of this. He fucking turns into a giant purple booger jizz shot and merges with the Hornet. The Hornet takes on the characteristics of Ivan Ooze. The face is now Ivan Ooze, including the fucking chin tongue. He breaks the top of the Space Needle off to use it like a spear. I'm okay with that. Um, He also stomps on the monorail track. There's some bad CGI here as his foot never connects with the model that's being used for the track. You know, they're trying. But it's very noticeable. We need fucking Ninja Megazord power! And sure enough, we get split-screen action like Voltron or the Power Rangers. And... We form fucking Megazord. Uh, the ape becomes an arm. The bear becomes the body. Uh, what else? Let's see. The wolf is an arm. Adam and the frog are the legs and the bottom half. And I'll be a monkey's uncle. You know, when I used to watch Voltron as a kid during breakfast before school every day, myself, my brother, and my dad and I, because he was getting ready to head out the door, would always battle for who would get to say, And I'll form the head. And sure enough, Kimberly forms the head. I love it. But Tommy sees that the fucking monorail is heading to imminent death. And he's like, I'll complete docking sequence in just a minute. I've got to go be a hero. Which I'm totally okay with. Now, Ninja Megazord, as a CGI concoction, 
is what it is. I can at least see which Zord, I mean, I named it to you. I can see each Zord's color combo and their color palette. And I'm colorblind as fuck, and I can see it clear as day. So I'll give it that. The face <laughs> leaves a little bit to be desired. It doesn't really have a face. I mean, I don't know. They summon their power sword. Ivan Ooze has the space needle. And we have ourselves a fucking sword fight. It doesn't last too long before we cut away to the monorail. Uh, the kids are all like, oh shit, we're going to die. There's this great kid in the background who has the biggest bug eyes I've ever seen. Bulk and Skull are completely ineffective. The Falcon Zord swoops in and completes the track, the, the train's safe. Tommy's like, all right, kids, go take care of business. How does he know what the kids are doing? I don't care. Uh, we're, we're too far gone to care. We go back to the Zord fight. Ninja Megazord's getting their ass handed to him, but Tommy completes the docking sequence, and now we have Ninja Falcon Megazord. Uh, there's a boss sequence where they connect, and Tommy fucking does the Wakanda forever, and fucking merges into the control room where they all are. He slides out Wakanda forever, he slides in Wakanda forever. So many unnecessary hand motions as the Rangers talk. But again, it builds consistency between the brands, between the TV show and the movie. Billy's like, I got an idea. Let's take this to space so nobody gets killed. Great idea. Kid-friendly idea. Some awesome model work on the city as Ivan Ooze and the Rangers fly into space. Oh, we have to cut back to the kidsters. The adults are all about to leap to their doom. Balkan Skull can't do shit. We cut back to space. We get a little bit of a space battle. Billy's got an idea. Let's fucking ram them into Ryan's Comet. You remember the Comet? God help us, they did set it up in the beginning. Oh, we have to cut back to the construction site. Fred is in hero mode. He's got a fucking fire hose. And, uh, you know, he unleashes it on the parents. It doesn't solve the problem, but it at least keeps them from leaping to their doom because of the pressure. Back in space, the Zords and Ivanus fly past Bandora Palace in the sp- in, on the moon. Uh, which Bandora and Lord Zed are watching from their fucking Christmas snow globe, and they're actually like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but go, Rangers! We get a little bit of space fisticuffs. The special effects are fine. They look a lot better here in outer space. Ivan Ooze thinks he has the upper hand. Megazord refuses to fight like he's they're kind of like playing possum. They line him up right in front of Ryan's Comet, but they've got to get away. So what are they going to do? Aisha, God help us. She's been ineffective the entire movie. She's like, I'm going to take care of business. There is a stupid emergency use only glass panel. She breaks it and presses the button. And the button makes Megazord knee Ivan Ooze in the cock. Ivan Ooze is like, oh shit, my balls are in my throat. Ninja Megazord, Falcon style, flies away. Ivan collides with the comet. There's a pretty decent explosion complete with a Death Star-esque shockwave as our heroes fly away victorious. Voltron wins the day. Ninja Falcon Megazord wins the day. Unfortunately, that is a wrap on any sort of Power Rangers or robot-type action. Back in the uh, construction site, the adults are free of Ivan's mind control. Bulk and Skull share a hug, but then they realize that uh, their dicks get hard, they're uncomfortable with it, and they just shake hands. Crocodile Dad D's like, Ah, Fred, I'm so proud of you. You saved me. Now I can go on to be Captain Boomerang and I can teach you all sorts of walkabout stuff. The Power Rangers teleport to the command center. Alpha's like, Well, I'm glad you made it. But Zordon is 
did. The camera loves Kimberly in this scene. They are on her a lot, I understand. I know she's sad. What is she going to think about in the shower? Tommy's like, well, you can think about me. Adam's like, Kimberly, I I didn't really want to mention this while Tommy was around, but uh, I learned some shit. Tommy has an idea, though. With great power comes great responsibility. So they touch hands and all their animal emblems come to life. They repower Zordon. They recreate the command center. Everything's fixed. Zordon comes back to life with a big... (gasps) Kind of ridiculous, though. You would think that if they could heal Zordon and bring him back to life, he immediately fades away, pops up on the big viewing screen, and is like, Rangers! I'm a floating head again! Why not just bring him to life? Use this as an opportunity. Oh, well, who cares? Kimberly smiles. If Kimberly's happy, I'm happy. We cut back to Ernie's juice bar where a banner says, Celebration tonight! And... I got the power! A power! Bulk and Skull are giving a speech to morons who think they actually helped. The Power Rangers are actually sharing a nice dinner. It looks like a lot of fun. Tommy's got his hair down. Everybody looks great. You know, we've got a, we've got an outfit change from the stuff we had earlier. Fred comes to talk to Tommy. Uh, he's like, Tommy, I used what you taught me in martial arts, and I kept cool under pressure. Tommy's like, that's great, bro. Maybe someday you could be a Power Ranger. He's like, yeah, I could be the Silver Ranger. No, I could be the Gold Ranger. Oh, yeah, man. Some massive pyrotechnics go off. Van Halen's song, Dreams, starts playing in the background. I had never heard this song until I saw Power Rangers the movie. I kind of fucking love this song, and I heard it first here. You know, the Rangers look on. They're smiling in the pyro. Everybody's happy. A giant sign lights up that says, Thank you, Power Rangers. Yes, it's super cheesy. It's a lame ending. Bulk and Skull are like, Power Rangers? No, it's just Bulk and Skull. And... Given the retrospective and everything that spawned me to want to even watch this movie, we end with the shot of Tommy smiling with his arm around Kimberly. They're like the only rangers in focus. The pyro's going off. They share a glance like, I love you. And directed by Brian Spicer. Like, and Van Halen's dreams is rocking in the background. Oh, that's what dreams are made of. It's cheesy. It's a fucking kid's power movie. But you know what? End of the day, this shot at least lives forever. It is what it is. We get some credits. Everybody gets their name up on the big screen. Good for them. Good for them. They earned it. I'm sure they got paid dick to do that fucking TV show. I'm sure they got paid dick to do this. You know... it's kind of sad, actually, you know, because really only Amy Joe Johnson went on to do any on-screen acting, and, you know, we talked about how Adam the Frog is a voice actor, Tatsuo! you know, all that stuff, and I don't know, Jason David Frank kept coming back and doing Power Rangers, I just feel like uh, with the level of success and pop culture resonance that they had, short as it may have been, they should have been set, and I'm sure they got paid dick. We get a mid credit scene, though, back on the moon. Goldar has declared himself king. Mr. Piggy's back. I don't know where he was. He gives Goldar a crown. The doors open. Lord Zed and Rita are back. Goldar spikes the camera. Uh-oh. 
we're in trouble. Someone come around and it burst my bubble. Hey, yeah. That fucking annoying song plays. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. The logo flashes on the screen. Lightning strikes. And the movie is over. So, end of the day, big question. Is it junk? You know, I don't usually do this, but I actually made a pros and cons list for this one because I want to be objective. I was not objective for Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain because I was like, it's a kid's movie, who gives a shit? But that was a stupid fucking kid's movie. Now, this is... I'm trying to not be biased. Obviously, I fucking jizzed all over the final act because it's it's you know it's it's what i've always wanted to see still wait for that voltron movie better fucking make it before i die and you better include the fucking music from the show orchestrated the bum 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 but back to power rangers cons we'll do the cons first lots of bad puns aimed at kids no individual characters on the Power Rangers side. They're just a fucking hive mind collective. Ivan Ooze is chewing scenery, but it's absolutely the wrong type of chewing scenery. The Kid Power subplot is nothing but runtime padding. Nothing. And again, I had to list it twice. Bad kid puns and shit. Pros. It's consistent tonally. God help me, it's unnecessary and ridiculous, but the body performance that I waxed on, the whoosh, whoosh, like when they get in their costumes, these actors at least know how to do it, and it makes it feel consistent with the show. Better or worse, let's throw away the fact whether or not you think they should do it. It's at least consistent. Pro, it's fun to see everybody get their moment on the big screen. It is. Pro, the armor upgrade. The suits look good. The practical effects are really, really doing it for me. All you know, this is across the gamut. Seeing practical effects is such a warmth in my heart. Like, go for it, guys. Good for you. The score, the music's pretty good. When they have hero moments, it's it works, man. You know, they're bringing Zordon back to life. They play the orca. Like, it's fine. It's not Superman. It's not Star Wars. It's not BVS or Justice League. But it's good. The CGI, extremely dated. But you know what? I can tell the Zords apart. Unlike that fucking reboot, Power Rangers. It's funny. The reboot, complete opposite of this movie. It got the teenager characters right, but it absolutely whiffed on all the Ranger stuff. Is this movie junk? I've seen a lot worse kids' movies. I really am leaning towards call it down the middle but you know what in retrospect some things made me chuckle some things made me hang my head in shame some things just put a fucking smile on my face and it's under 90 minutes it's unavailable for purchase anywhere so spoiler i watched this bad boy on youtube for free 99 i do not feel like I wasted my time watching this. I sort of did it as a tribute to when I was a youngster and Tommy, the green and white and black and red and whatever color he might have had, Ranger, 
because uh, he was a badass as a kid. That armor, looking good in the white and the green. I watched the fucking Zoo Rangers back during COVID lockdown. I don't feel like my 90 minutes was wasted. It was a fun little trip, so I'm going to say no, it's not junk. It is junk. E. Like, understand the context here. Now, if, if someone were, and it were to come to me in a year and be like, you want to watch the Power Rangers movie? I'd probably be like, I'm good. Because I just watched it last year. You know, five, six years, God willing, I'm still alive. Sure, let's watch it. But, uh, it, it's, I'm not going to call it junk, but I'm good. I'm good on the Rangers. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. But, there's so much to accomplish as a listener here on the new TNN. We're constantly dropping fun stuff. Check out Junk Man, Transformers Age of Extinction. I fucking had a blast roasting the shit out of that movie. Fucking taking it to task. It deserved it. We just released King of the Ring 1994. Hey, how much does this guy weigh? Need I say more. But thanks for coming on this one with me. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. We are Pop. And it's Morphin' Time!